Hello everyone, I'm back on another podcast. I've had a hiatus, as is the way I think with just creative types in general. It is hard to be regimented, but nevertheless we're back filming this one today. Um, I have no idea what is going on here. I don't know whether I should speak into this or look at this. I know I wanted to start filming these because a lot of the time if I'm listening to someone, I'll just put it up on YouTube. So, and I'm having problems getting the platform for like Samsungs and all that type of stuff. It's only on iTunes right now. So we're going to figure it out as we go. This is like part of my new wrinkle in my personality of really trying to break down little bit by little bit and just do bits and like start imperfect and just gradually improve. I looked back some of my archived videos, they're archived because I hate them, um, from when I was younger on YouTube and stuff. And probably I know I'm getting better at watching them. I know a lot of creative people say they can't watch back their own videos. Um, I'm one of those, but I'm starting to watch it back and go, who I am is still in there. I'm more of an idiot back then than I am now. I'm still an idiot now. So I'm still there. I'm just more refined. I'm getting better. And um, I'm trying to come to terms with the fact that if someone comes up to me or something happens and they go, I can't believe you'd like they laugh at me for what I've done in the past or some of the mistakes I've had, I can just laugh with them and go, yep, that's who I was. Because it's the same anyway whether it gets brought up or it doesn't get brought up or your past content's not as good as your new content, it's still there, you still did it, you still who, you still were who you are and are who you are now. So to me, it's kind of like, doesn't even matter. It's like negligible, so who cares? Um, but today, I wanna talk about quitting because my whole life, this has plagued me. Um, I've always felt like a quitter. So I was writing about it. I wrote this major long post about it here. But the more I wrote, the more I realized there's so many stories enveloped in this idea. It's almost impossible to get across in my writing skills right now. I just can't write that well. Um, so I'm hoping that I can speak about it more quickly. And my camera's probably going to die. I'm going to have another technical difficulty. So it is what it is. But um Let's just get stuck straight into it then. I think the idea is pretty brief. I could probably almost sum it up in a couple sentences, but for you to truly understand it, I think you need to hear my stories because it's taken me 10 years, a decade, to fully understand this. But um, when people say you quit on something, they're talking about a specific game. And what you got to understand is there's multiple, and by me, I mean, there's many, many games being played in each and every single situation. So there's never just one game being played. So you can't quit. You can't, you can be a quitter if you just don't take any good from anything, don't learn from anything, um, kind of a bit of a sad sack or whatever, and poor me, and nothing's your fault and you have no accountability, then you're a quitter. But What's super important is to understand what game you're playing to understand if you're quitting on what you really want because that's where I come in. I'm this type of guy. If you don't know about me, you haven't spoke to me before, this is what this is for. I have lived an incredible 10 years. I don't mean incredible in just the positive sense. I mean literally just incredible. It's, it's been so up and down, sideways craziness. I've been a Navy diver or in training to be, I've been an undefeated state champion, I've had multiple businesses, 
I've done just so much shit in the last 10 years. Um, it's been crazy. And what I've noticed is this reoccurring theme is like, I'm the kid that gets a report card that says he's really smart and talented. But he just doesn't apply himself. And it's weird because I know when I do things, I apply myself more than anyone around me. You can't, I, no one's going to de deny me that. When I sink my teeth, in, teeth into something, I go hard. But I always just quit. And even the people around me that love me have always said it about me. Like you quit on things. And there was this inner turmoil that I had because I think deep down I felt I felt like a quitter, but on the surface, I didn't want to admit it. So there was somewhere this inner turmoil where that acceptance and that reluctance, they would meet and it would just be really hard for me and it would just race me to the edge of my temper and I would get super angry. But recently, I've really started to develop this new wrinkle in my personality of acceptance. I'm and I think it's helping me with my cre creativity, like doing stuff like this. Um, whether it be podcasting or filming, just putting myself out there and going, there's heaps of shit I'm not doing right and this is going to be terrible looking back in 5, 10, 20 years, but it's okay for me now because I'm just trying to get better. And um, I've never had that before. I've always been a major perfectionist, so which is not a good mentality. But um, it's like I was in a maze and I got to the hedge. I couldn't see past this hedge because I wasn't, to get past this hedge and to get through this section of the maze, I needed to learn acceptance because the lessons I was trying to learn in life, that, that was the maze of life and I needed to, con to continue down. But I couldn't continue down any farther until I changed course and accepted some things because I kept on running into the same hedge and I couldn't see over it. So as I've learned how to accept more things in my life, that surface turmoil that I had of not being able to accept the fact that I might be a quitter as like a fundamental um, aspect of me as a person, when I kind of got past that hedge and I started to see new parts of the maze, I was expecting like the acceptance of quitting to be there and like that was going to be the easy part. But instead I was met with just utter confusion because I was like, I don't even feel like a quitter now that I've accepted the fact that I can be and there's no more turmoil and I can look straight through it and continue down this maze. I don't feel like I am one because the more I think about what I've done, it's just not me. But I'm not doing anything I set out to do. And the key here is now I know I'm jumping because I wanted to leave this to the end, but I just really don't want to forget it. The key is intangible desires to tangible goals. When you get them crossed over and you get them mixed up and you focus too much on tangible goals and not so much on your intangible desires as a, as a human being, I think that's when you go wrong and that's what I've done every step of the way. So let's break it down. I, was in, I enlisted in the Navy at 16 and a half. Um, I wanted to be a Navy diver. Let me rephrase that. I thought I wanted to be a Navy diver. That was the tangible goal. But the intangible goal was I needed to get out of school and move because I needed to find something in myself to show me who I was. I was a young man looking to, to find out what I was made of. That was the intangible desire and understanding of who I am fundamentally as a person. And the tangible goal was being a Navy diver. 
What was more important was the intangible aspect of that. It's very, very important to state that. So I go 10 months in, our accommodation gets messed up. We finish our weapons courses. We finish our seamanship courses. We finish our basic training. We're kind of kicking around on general duties, me and my intake. 10 months, all we spoke about, we ate it, slept it, spoke about it. It was everywhere with us was this CDAT, a clearance diver acceptance test. It was like the test of your man to figure out whether or not you were truly worthy of being a clearance diver. It starts off with seven days, which they call hell week, which is about just physical punishment, essentially, to break your body down. And I think the, the purpose is to break your body down in order to get access to your mind um, and figure out what you're really, who you really are, what you're made of, whether you turn on your mates, whether you're someone that can put in, whether you're someone that's quiet. Or so. You just can't hide, right? Now, I was the fittest I've ever been at that age because I remember I'd be training every day with just these guys that were just animals, you know, these divers that they were just freaks of nature. I was middle of the pack. I was never the fittest in that group, so I never felt really that fit. If anything, I felt unfit every single day because I was training with these guys. But I remember coming down when we'd been transferred to Sydney and wait, awaiting our seat out. And I came down home and I trained with the local football club, which they're meant to be the fitter version of your regular people, regular people. And um, I blew these motherfuckers out of the water. And I just remember thinking, I'm a god amongst men as a 17-year-old because I was so fit. Um, my whole life, you have to remember, every single day my job was to train for this test. So that's what I did. Unfortunately, though, before the test... I, couple of months, few weeks maybe, I came back home and as 17-year-olds do, I got in a huge brawl, and by a huge brawl I mean me versus about 20 dudes, and um, after a couple good punches, I got swarmed on, and I ended up having a run for my life essentially. So I'm running through people's backyards, I'm jumping fences, and then this big fence comes up, and I'm like, I've got to jump this fence because i got all these dudes chasing me, they're in tow, that they want to keep going. And I'm like, nope. So boom, I jump this fence. I land flat on my feet, guessing it's about nine, 10 feet, this fence straight on the concrete. And I fractured my heel and the Navy took care of me. They sent me, they put ink in my bones to figure out where the fractures were and all that type of stuff. And they said, we're pulling you off your dive course and we're going to set you back an intake for you. See that you're going to have to wait for the next one. And I said, like, fuck you are. These are my boys. This is my intake. It's who I feel comfortable with. I'm doing it. And I said, all right, we'll give you a medical. But the thing was, I couldn't train on this ankle. So I went into this CDAT really out of condition. And remember, I was only middle of the pack with these guys anyway. So to start off with, I, um, I was really, really, it was really hard for me. We had to run to Manly and back. And I don't mean run to Manly and back like a run. I mean, down on sand, down on hands and knees, up, down, crazy, left, right, this, that, heel, down, heel, down. And um, it was so painful for me. I remember the boys had to come back. They both got underneath my arms and they had to basically drag me up the hill. And you got this little special perk when you're at the back of the pack in a course like this, which is that all the trainers, the ABs and all the people that are there to assess you, they focus in on you like a pack of rabid dogs, you know, picking off the weakest link. So I'm there running at the back and I've got all these guys around me saying, just fucking quit. You're a shit. You know what? 
you know, you're holding all the boys back. I can't believe you'd even come in this condition. You're not worth it. We're going to fail you. Quit now. Don't waste your time. And then it's easier to just quit, start again, whatever. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. The first few days were just brutally tough because it's physical because they knew we came in fit. So they're like, we're just going to break you down to get to your mind. Um, the thing was, I was already broken down. <laughs> I was already broken down after the first day. I didn't need seven days to break me down. I was exhausted after probably the first hour. So um, when all the physical things were going on, like the running and the swimming and all that, it was just brutal for me. I, I had tears in my eyes after one run because I just remember my hamstrings feeling like they were tearing off the bone. And um, as we got through the course, you know, four or five days, I think on the fifth day I was a team leader because the team leaders would go – uh, it was just simple. If if there was a 10-day course, diver one would be leader on day one, diver two on day two, yada, yada. But on day five, a couple of guys underneath me had dropped out, I think. So day five, I was team leader. And as that fourth, fifth, sixth day came around, it stopped being so much running and swimming and more thinning and drills and diving underwater and um, pack marching and um, calories and all that stuff. So it was more mental endurance than it was physical endurance. So as the boys, I think, started to, their bodies just naturally started to break down, mine was already broken down. So my, I started to feel better and better and better. So I wasn't at the back of the pack anymore in the pack marches and all the um, carries and all that stuff with the sandbags. I was kind of like in the middle of the pack. So I had this much needed respite. Anyway, day six comes along and it's like the end of the day and they tell us to cut our sandbags. We're carrying them up a mountain and they say, cut them, course is over. I'm, by the way, I'm giving you a long, uh, long story short. Um, cut them, we're over for the day, course is over, base has got gastro, we'll keep all your notes, but you're starting again. So we're all on the bus and everyone's relieved, we're talking about what we're going to do, have a nice warm shower finally, get a nice rest. And um, it was at that point, I don't know whether it was on the bus or when I got back or after a few days of rest, I just decided I'm not coming back. And it's not that I'm not coming back to be a diver. I'm not coming back to the Navy in general. And I made a decision that I knew was going to be certain that I can't take orders for the rest of my life. But I was 17. I didn't know what was going on. There was a technicality that I, I had about a couple of weeks before I turned 18. So I could get out of the Navy with, a, with an easy discharge. There was going to be no messiness. I wasn't going to get in no trouble. And I could come back the I still remember the last conversation with the warrant officer because he was nice to me for the first time. And he said, you're going to be one of the youngest divers in branch history. Um, I don't know anything about you, which is a good thing. So if you want to come back, you're more than welcome. And I think for someone your age, it might be good to go and live some life first. It was really nice, but I knew I wasn't coming back. At the time, I really struggled. And like I said, for the last 10 years, did I quit? Because the weird thing is, wouldn't I, if I was going to quit, I would have quit during the manly run when I was crying because of the pain I was in, when I was at the back of the pack, when I was getting no sleep, when the pressure of being team leader was on me. Those are the times where I would have quit. Why did I quit when I was at home in a nice warm shower, in a nice bed? It didn't make any sense. I knew I could do it. Like, or I would have quit before because I was so worried about not doing it. They couldn't get me off the course. I didn't know if I was going to pass, but they couldn't get me off. So I knew mentally I can do this, but that's the key. That's what I never had the acceptance to understand. 
it was never the tangible goal was being a diver, but I knew seven like it's me now. I'm crazy now. Back then, I never wanted to be a, just a Navy guy. I was never going to be in the Navy for 40 years. That's never going to be me. I can't take orders for 40 years. Look at me, you know. Um, but I got so caught up on a tangible goal. I didn't have the intelligence or the awareness to see the intangible goals, which is I'm just trying to prove to myself that I'm strong enough to go for what I want and that I can endure life's challenges. Because I remember when I decided to be a Navy diver and not anything else, it was because everyone was talking about how tough it was. So it was a test for me. And then once I came off the test, I didn't need the stamp of approval from them because I didn't even want to be a diver. I had passed my own test. So I didn't know back then, but the Navy had nothing left for me. So I moved on. Now, I'll go into a little bit more detail, but I gave you a bit of more because it's hard to understand that. And like a lot of like, in like divers and all that type of stuff, they get like really butt hurt. If you're not a diver, you can't say that you could be because you're not. And I understand all that shit, but last I checked, I did see that. They couldn't get me off, which means no one's ever going to be able to tell me they could get me off. I left on my own terms. So, and that's part of this acceptance. I've never accepted it. I've never wanted to say that, but I just know that's the way it is now. So, and I wanted to question this. Like I said, this has been a 10 year long journey for me to figure out whether I quit on shit or not. So, I, I was thinking about I was like, wait, I think I'm onto something. And I started thinking about everything else in my life. Straight after the Navy, I went into fighting. Um, I started as in just some fighter from Nara, little known gym, no sparring partners, no one to even hold pads really. As I've gotten older and I've met some people in new gyms and, and, and fight in different fighting communities, I realized, and I mean no disrespect by this, but I realized I did everything myself. For three years when I fought, I ended up having five K1 kickboxing matches, three MMA matches. I competed in two grappling tournaments, about five, six men I faced in each tournament each. I went into every single one of those fights with like the training basically by myself. Grappling partners, yeah, but basically by myself. You know, um, so yeah, so I'm fighting. I'm telling people I'm going to earn money. They tell me I'm crazy. I'm telling people I'm going to be a state champion. They tell me I'm crazy. I tell people I'm going to be undefeated. They tell me I'm crazy. And I go three years. I win every single one of those matches, and most of them in devastating fashion. The last fight, now, think about quitting, right? If you decided fighting was too hard or it's not for you or you're not good enough, when would that normally be? You would only, if, if your fear was that you're not good enough, you would only quit after a loss, and if it was too hard, you would only quit after you lost a payday or you got injured or you couldn't train or something happened with your gym. There would have to be a reason. Just like when I quit on, quit on the Navy, I would have quit during the agony and the pain and the sleep deprivation and all that. I wouldn't have quit drinking a milkshake back on base. So I couldn't understand. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't remember. I told you about the intangibility of your desires as opposed to the tangibility of your goals. That's new. I didn't know none of that stuff, right? So you've got to imagine in all these stories, I didn't know that. So I go and I fight. I'm in the pool. I'm swimming because I think I had an injury, so I had to swim. I couldn't run. Phone's going off. I answer, pick up my phone. What's going on? Hey, you got a state title fight because I'm 5-0 and in kickboxing. You're eligible for a state title then. Guys, 11, 12 and 1. I don't give a shit. Let's go. My best opponent, my biggest fight, my biggest payday, won in devastating third round knockout fashion. Stiffened him, cold. The next week I walk into the gym, no real injuries, 
the biggest payday of any of my fights. It was only like maybe 1500 bucks or whatever, but still. Um, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't like this. So I quit, not after a loss, not after an injury, not after a fallout, after the biggest win, the biggest pay, the biggest title, the biggest moment, I just quit. So I did quit. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying I'm not quitting. I did quit. But that makes no sense. You fast forward again, I go straight into business, right? So start subcontracting as a personal trainer, and then I'm like, I'm going to go into business. I do pretty well in my first couple of years, my, my first business, and then I go and I buy this gym, um, and I set that up. And at any stage, I should have quit because that was such a fucking bad decision. I, shouldn't, I can't really go back and say it's a bad decision, but there was moments when I had no money left. There was moments when... I just didn't think I could do it. Uh, and in all honesty, it was far harder mentally than the CDAT I did, the, the clearance over acceptance test or any fight I went through. The business, I've always said this business was far more savage and far more painful than anything I did in the Navy or in the ring. Um, and there was so many times where I should have quit. And then what I did was I set myself some tangible goals, just small ones, and then I reached them. And I couldn't quit because it was a business. It was my livelihood. I had, you know, I was starting a family and all this type of stuff and I had a lot of things going on. So I couldn't just quit. I didn't have my technicality out in the Navy or it wasn't like me self-managing myself in fighting. But I knew once I got to the height of where, like I passed all my tangible goals in the first year of that next business, through all the pain, through all the heartache, when things started to get easy, I'm like, I'm out. I need to fucking find a way out of here. I need to get out of this thing. And my, my, my thing just turned off again. So hopefully it still works. Um, and then, yeah, so that didn't make sense either. Why quit when it's getting easier? Like when I've already got the foundation set. And I mean, I, don't, I, I, mean, I wasn't like, hey, it's the best now, time to sell it. I mean, it's the best now, I'm walking away. I'm fucking closing it down because I need to move. I don't know. I just got to break free. Um, and it's taken me all these years to figure out that I've always had this intangible desire to prove myself to everyone else around me and also, and also a level on, of myself. But it's taken that acceptance to, to, to finally stop fighting everything and say, no, I didn't quit. I'm not looking for acceptance, all this type of stuff, and just go, what's going on here? And as soon as I did that, like I said, I, I reached that next level of the maze and I started to figure all this out. So... Are you a quitter to finalize? That depends on what game you're trying to play. So the big thing is when the people around me would tell me they loved me, I never agreed with them. Like when the people around me that loved me told me I was a quitter, I never agreed with them. I would always say, no, I'm not. I didn't know why, but I just didn't. Like I said, deep down, I thought maybe they're right, but I just, there was something on the surface that was going, no, 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 no. Through that acceptance, I've realized I haven't quit at all. Because the only thing I've ever been chasing is realizing the best version of myself. I don't give a fuck about being a Navy diver. I don't give a fuck about being a fighter. I don't give a fuck about being a businessman. I want to know that at the end of the day, I'm the best version of myself I could have possibly been. So I've thrust myself into all the toughest situations I could find. And once I decided I've proven enough to myself and that I'm not going to get that much more out of it, I left. So... The thing is, and here's the, here's the ironic part, staying 
If I had stayed in the Navy or stayed fighting for sake of everyone else around me or for sake of the fact I should do it, that would actually be quitting because the real game is figuring out what you're really made of. So when, na- when the Navy gets cush and you know that they can't get you off and you know that you can do it, don't stay because there's nothing left for you to learn. When you're in fighting and you're knocking everyone out, by the way, was there more training to do in the Navy? 100%. Who knows what would have happened in, in the future? I don't even know if I would have ended up finishing it all. Or maybe there's a problem with my brain when I d- dive down deep. I don't fucking know. But the t- intangibility had already been satisfied. And same with fighting. There's way, 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 way better guys out there than me at fighting. And there was back then. But I'd proven to myself that if I want to dedicate whatever, then I can't be beaten in this. And I just still believe that. Same with business. Obviously, business is, that's where I've decided to fit myself. I want to keep going back into that. Um, But the thing is, quitting would have been staying because it would have been telling myself, it's easy now, just relax, give up on finding the best version of yourself. And I've never done that. So the funny thing is, people are like, do you quit all the time? Yeah, on certain things, but that means I'm not a fucking quitter. Because what I really care about is succeeding on a massive scale. And then when I die writing a book about the life I've lived, you know what I mean? Telling my kids and my grandkids about all the crazy things I've done and and being able to tell it to them in a way that only an experienced person that's been through life on so many different levels could. So I haven't quit at all. And my advice to you, and I, and it's so important for me to get that through to people, how awesome that actually feels because I was willing to accept the fact that I was a quitter and I needed to work on it because who gives a shit if you are if you actually are a quitter and it turns out you don't have stories like mine and the intangible wasn't you actually quit on the intangible desires deep down inside you then don't be stuck in that corner of the maze trying to look over or push through it just accept the fact that's who you are right now and that you have faults and move the fuck on and and fix it You can't change it, but you can improve upon it. So like I said, all this understanding is coming from the point of willing to be able, I mean, being able to accept the fact that I might have been. So that's how I know that I'm not. But um, yeah, I think my advice to you, and this was a conversation I had with uh, one of my managers at work uh, yesterday. She said, I want to travel. I want to do this. I want to do that, but I just haven't done it. I'm feeling a bit weird about it and whatever. And I said, you need to figure out why you want to travel because traveling is tangible. Like you can buy a ticket and you are now traveling. You can stay in a hotel in a different city and you are now traveling. But if you get so caught up in just what traveling is, you'll never actually know why you're doing it and you won't know if you're quitting or not because maybe what you want is a lifetime of spontaneity and excitement. And if you just keep traveling around and thinking it's about the traveling, you might never find a job or work hard for something or sacrifice something that can give you that on a daily basis, maybe even in your home life. I don't know. You know I mean? You have to, whatever you think it is you want to do. I want to be a police officer. I want to travel. I want a gorgeous wife. Whatever them things are, there's something underlying there. And that underlying desire is what you really need to fulfill and what you can never quit on because I reckon that's when you'll be unhappy. Because throughout this whole process, I've never really been disappointed in myself. I've never woken up. I've, 
I've been hard on myself because I've been like, what the heck is going on here? Why do I keep quitting on things? But I've never once woken up and felt like I'm not the guy to get it done. As flawed and as crazy and as many mistakes as I've made, I've always felt like when I wake up, when I look myself in the mirror, I've never once not thought uh, I'm the guy to get it done. That's just how I feel. And I think that's because deep down, I knew I was always following what I truly, truly wanted. And no matter how hard I was on myself or how hard people were on me or how much it sucked to be called a quitter, I was never going to stop looking for new challenges. So that's where I'm at now. And I think if you have them things, firefighter, police officer, beautiful wife, ask yourself, what is it about those things that truly means the most to me? Because you might find out that it's not just about getting those things. And then you'll know that you're on the right track. Because it all comes down to how do you hit what you're not aiming at? You know, if you're aiming at a wife, but you're really looking for validation, it might be internal validation you need. If you want to be a police officer, but it turns out you just want more authority in your own life, then who gives a shit about being? It still might be a cool job for you. But don't get so caught up on it because if you get it and it turns out you're just pushing papers all day, you're going to be unhappy and you're going to be stuck in a career you don't know why it sucks. So look for what the underlying principles of your desire are and go for them and use tangible goals as ways to keep on track and going for them. That's that. I hope you enjoy.